Hey, 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 folks. Welcome to another episode of Fascination Street with your host, Jimmy Pearson, and my co-host, Mika Pearson. Hey, hey, guys. It's Mika. This show is brought to you in association with PMGGoods.com, cosmic clothing for our community by a member of our community. Not only do they do Mika's signature range, but they also have a great new range of stuff for the casual to harden ufologist. So, Mika, how's your week been? It's been totally fine, thank you. You're still rocking out summer holidays? Yeah, it's brilliant. Have you got to anything good? Um, Well, all I can say is I've been relaxing my brain. Relaxing your brain, taking yeah. a bit of time out. Mm. You haven't studied much ufology this week, neither, have you? No, so if you're wondering like how I'm doing and with my ufology stuff, I've to- I've kind of to- taken a break. That's, That's what it's all, all about, isn't it? It's all mm. about. You're still a little child, mm-hmm. and it's still important for you to have your time to play, time to grow. When I get back to school, guys, I will start doing the UFO bits again. Yeah, of course you will. And uh, we're going to be taking a break in, well, when is it? It's going to be the 18th that you go away, isn't it? Yeah. And because you're not going to be here, I'm not doing the show on my own, am I? you can do, like, certain little bits, but... I'll carry on writing. Yeah, that's all I I wanted to say. Yeah, so I'll carry on writing while you're away, but it will be a two-week break, (sighs) won't it? So lonely. All by myself. Oh, all by myself. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Actually, is it? no. You've got Mum. You've got Dougie. You've got Benny. Yeah, but the dogs. I don't. They're a bit camera shot. I've tried talking to them before. <sighs> Honestly, both the dogs. They they are tough. They're a tough audience to crack. I mean, we've had Benny. How many years now? About twelve or thirteen. Benny's got to be about twelve or thirteen, and ever since the first day we got him. I've I've asked it. I said, "Who's a good boy?" And he still won't tell me. He's a tough nut to crack. He won't talk, and I don't think I'll get him on the show. So, well, you you could make him bark. There you go. He does sing, don't he? Yeah. Oh, I've got to see if I can get that on microphone. I tell you what, I'll see. I'll see if I can get a video yeah. of it and put it out on Twitter. That'd be brilliant. Have you still got that video? What? Me okay. whistling Pink Floyd and him singing along. Yeah. I have got it somewhere. It's pretty funny, isn't it? All right, cool. So, uh, shall we get on with the show? Mm, yeah. So, I don't think it'd be right if we'd done a story about Art Bell without his signature tune. Yeah, that's definitely not cool. Because no. you, you need the blending in. Well, it's Art Bell, isn't it? Mm. And it's it, like saying me and you split. It, it's not going to work. Of course it's not. It's like not having cheese in your burger. Well, yeah. Actually, no. Do you it's like n- need cheese in your burger? No, you it's don't. like not having... Um, a sausage in a hot dog. Yeah. It's like not having... A burger. Bubbles in your Pepsi. Okay. Hmm. Never expected. So, anyway. Thursday morning... I woke up to the news um, that they'd released the cause of um, Art Bell's passing. As most of you know, Art Bell was one of the main influences for Fascination Street existing, and I'm sure many, many other radio stations and podcasts. I mean, Art was, well, he was just the master, you know. I mean, getting up to over, like, 15 million people listening to the show every night. I mean, we struggle to get 15 people listening to the show, don't we? Yeah. But 15 million. I mean, that's that's, that's amazing. 
Um, so yeah, he's he's a bit of a personal hero of ours, isn't he? Yeah. And I mean, you found him late, didn't you? Yeah. And pretty much the same as me, but luckily enough, he has left us with a huge body of work to listen to. So, as it turns out, Art Bell sadly died of an accidental overdose from a cocktail of prescription drugs, uh, the Clark County Coroner's Office said on Wednesday. It hasn't stopped the conspiracy theories doing the rounds, but when someone as influential as Art passes, it's going to happen. Um, I, I just think it's unusual for someone to have that blend of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I mean, I myself have got severe and I do mean severe back pain and I've suffered for years with it and I'm sadly medication dependent as well aren't I yeah um I've been given uh like tramadol morphine and diazepam to take together during severe flare-ups now they say that it was an accidental overdose and I can understand that I can understand the, the whole aspect of an accidental overdose though because like when I'm in savage pain and I take the the cocktail that I'm I'm given, I mean, it's so easy to forget what time I took them, how many I took, and sometimes, you know, if you're good with it and you've done it for a long time, you kind of adapt your own dose to become comfortable because after a while, what the doctor has prescribed you becomes, well, rather you just become immune to it. So it's it's kind of lucky. So Art died on the 13th of April uh, in a bedroom of his uh, Pahrump home, and he was only 72 years young. The coroner's office determined he had uh, four prescription medications in his system. The opioid, um, oxycodone, the anal, um, anal, analgesic, here we go, got the wrong oh, word again. No. Hashtag analgesic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hydrocodone, diazepam, which I've had, mm-hmm. often marketed as Valium, and Carisperidol, a muscle relaxant. Uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and hypertension also contributed to his death, the coroner's office said. The drugs that killed Art were lawfully prescribed to him, um, which was also echoed by the, uh, the Nye County Sheriff's Office, and they even said that on a video posted uh, to Facebook. Now, shortly after waking, waking up to this news, um, we were listening to Jimmy Church on Fade to Black, and he had a guest on called Karen A. Dolman, who was doing a show called The Spirit of Ouija, and it was live readings on air. Jimmy referenced the findings of Art's passing and asked if the spirits had anything to say, and the results were mind-blowing, uh, me and Sarah were sat there, we were listening, and we just kind of looked at each other, and we was like, wow. I was up for a little bit of it. You were. You got up just after, though, didn't you? Yeah, and then you replayed it all. That's right. So Jimmy asked, right, guides, Art Bell passed away on April 13th, a few months ago, and today his coroner's report was released. Now, not to get into the details, but his fans got to see the coroner's report today. Does Art have a message for his fan? rather fans Karen explains that when someone is deceased an angel takes over the planchette and writes the message so the planchette starts moving about whilst Jimmy is watching and Karen starts spelling out the letters to make a sentence after all the letters had come out Karen says 
I think we've just spoke with Art. Jimmy replied, Wow. Okay, I wrote that out. That's why I wasn't talking. Karen says, Yeah. Jimmy replied, Uh, wow. Karen says, I say wow too. Jimmy's then asked if he wants to try and read Art's message from the letters on the Ouija and the... Um, the Sorry, the letters uh, the Ouija uh, and Angel went to. Jimmy starts, All things sacred. Then Karen interrupts and writes Jimmy as he's got it wrong. She starts, All things are done. Jimmy takes over with a little help from Karen every now and then, saying, All things are done by choice, and there are no accidents. Though not a deliberate act, there was purpose behind the decisions I made. I know that now, and not then. This was a decision I made freely. This I know as well. This is my final sign-off as I fade to black. Wow, fade to black? Right, yeah, just hang on. Karen points out that Art is talking directly to Jimmy, as she points out Art's reference to fade to black. In case you're not a Jimmy Church fan or anything like that, fade to black is the name of Jimmy's show. Jimmy, Karen and the audience and myself were all like, wow. I couldn't even begin to wonder how Jimmy must have felt or even composed himself as quickly as he did to carry on. I was a gibbering wreck after that and I didn't even know art. A very strong and powerful show. If you want to find it, it's episode 898, Karen Dolman and it starts at 1 hour, 8 minutes and 55 minutes on Spreaker. So maybe a few seconds difference on YouTube or the Fater Black podcast. Now, as fans, I think we can now start our closure um, with art, and you know, it's it's difficult. It's diff- even even to talk about it for me. I, honestly, I'm starting to well up now, and it's it's hard. Because, you know, he's such an influential person and, you know, no matter what you think or, you know, how, how it may come across that he's he's passed or the conspiracies or anything like that. The fact of the matter is Art's gone and, you know, there's not ever going to be anyone else to replace him. So rest in peace, Art, from all of us here at Fascination Street. Right. Okay, so uh, now we've uh, managed to compose ourselves, or rather me more than Mika. One of the stories that I want to get into is a little something that I found from the Express newspaper in the UK. And it's radio bursts from a galaxy far, far away. Right, anyway. There must be Yoda out there. Far away you must be. Alien I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, scientists have picked up a rare mysterious radio signal from the other side of the universe. <gasps> it is Yoda. Is it? <gasps> what if it's Bigfoot? Damn, I did not think about that. See, I was talking to... Well, so I was talking... I was tweeting yesterday, and I was tweeting with uh, Jimmy's wife, Rita. Oh, yeah. And we came up with an idea. What if... Bigfoot is really a Wookiee. What if... Yeah? What if Wookiees were put into Star Wars to get everyone used to the idea that there's like these big furry things walking around? 
clever idea, right? I got it. Sheeps. See, I think George Lucas knows more than he's letting on. Like, we know that his dog was based on Chewie. Was he? Was he really? Oh, I don't know. Was he really? I hope. He's, no, no, no. I mean, I know, like, obviously you said, you know, well, he's based... But what if he knows the existence of Bigfoot? What if he's got a Bigfoot? Dum, dum, dum. Well, maybe we should just go knock on his door and say, Excuse me, have you got Bigfoot? Yeah, uh, oi, George, George. <laughs> yeah, mate. Can, can you get your Wookiee out for us? Oh, sorry, it's a Bigfoot. <laughs> well, it must have been really big. Let's get back to the story. Yeah. So scientists have picked up a rare mysterious radio signal from the other side of the universe. Don't do it. The low-frequency, super-fast burst, known as the FRB, lasted just milliseconds. Milli? Milli. Not Molly. Milli. I was about to think about that. But experts say it is the lowest radio emission received from beyond our Milky Way, and its source is therefore likely to be extremely powerful. Now, theories suggest that the signal named FRB-18... Uh, 0725A. Obviously, good name. Everyone's going to remember that one, isn't they? I, ca- can I can't... just aim, um, call it A? Well, Literally. Just call it something else. I mean, that is, like, massive. I have problems remembering my own phone number. Right? And you've got to try and remember that. And you think, if, you're, if you've got loads of them, and you're talking to your friend, you're like, oh, hang on, was it, you know, 7654? Oh, actually, it might have been 743. No. It's just confusing. Yeah. It's going to confuse people so much. Exactly. So, the signal named, are you ready for this? FRB180725A could originate from a black hole or even. Alien civilization. <gasps> oh my gosh, Yoda, you did it again. Aliens, dude. Well, what? Yoda actually based on an alien. Mm. Judge interesting. Mm. Judge B. Well, it's not. My side, yeah, because that's, that's another question about Yoda, isn't it? What race is he? Exactly. He could be like. Well, no, because there was something that came out on the internet the other day about it, but I was too busy reading motorsport and I totally bypassed it he could have been even a frog well he's green he has he's wrinkly yeah and he has little spots on the back of his (gasps) i figured it out he is a frog damn he he must george lucas must be um so famous to get a frog (laughs) mate he must have brought one so frb's uh, were first discovered back in 2007, and only about 24 have been picked up since. So 11 years, there's only been 24. So that's like not even two a two a year, just that's, over two a year. That's weird. So the latest phenomenon was detected on July the 25th by the new 12 million pound Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment, or CHIME, for short, telescope in British Columbia. Now, the University of Nottingham astrophysics professor Christopher Consolice. Consolos? Consolice? Consolice? There we go again. What is wrong with my wording? I don't know. I wrote it. I should know what it says. Maybe I should break it down into like little syllables. Like... Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not do that. 
said the discovery could help pave the way for a greater understanding of what causes FRBs. He says, We don't know their origin. They could be caused by a number of things, he said. They could be caused by exploding stars, supernova, exotic stars like pulsars, magnetars, neutron stars. There's a lot of R's in there. Or massive black holes at the centre of distant galaxies. It could even be some other physical mechanism we don't yet understand. So, how do you feel about that? That's... I mean, I the, the idea that there's, like, a radio signal coming from out of another galaxy, and the fact that it has to be so strong for it to enter this one. I'm feeling a bit worried about this because if they get into ours, that means we could go to their planet. But what happens if they're ready for No, 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 dude. It's another galaxy. I know. But if we find out what the galaxy is and we go to it, what happens if they're ready for us? We're not going to have any weapons on us. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be a case of that, Mika. I think what it is, is it would be, you know... They, it's, again, I know I said it last week, but it's it's Fermi's paradox, you know, where is everyone? Mm. There has to be some extraterrestrials out there somewhere looking up at the sky, thinking, where are they? Yeah, exactly. It, has to, it, it is like that, because the fact of the matter is, we know we're not alone, we know we've never been alone. No. We're just having problems finding them. Since even Earth was even made, we knew there was life out there. Of course there was. I mean, we've got documentation from, like, thousands of years ago. I mean, uh, you know, the Native Americans were fantastic for documenting. Hey, look at Vikings as well. Yeah, everyone. I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, even like, Romans. yeah, Renaissance paintings and stuff like that. They even depicted UFOs and mm-hmm. ancient civilizations and that. See, um, was it the Stone Age? Even before then, darling. No, the Stone Age, yeah. Um, I looked up a pictures of them and you could actually see a UFO in one. Beams and a person being taken. Seriously. And an alien standing right next to it. Right, you're going to have to find that picture and show me. Right. So another story I found was first contact or false alarm. And it's like a new Richter scale for alien signals. The Rio 2.0 rates potential signs of extraterrestrial life from 0 to 10. You know, like we do with like donuts. When we eat like donuts, it's like 0, that's a bad donut. Or 10, that is like the best donut ever. Yeah, I normally rate the donuts 5. Anywho, five. So, you imagine like doubling it to ten, um, which is which is what this has gone up to, and ten is the equivalent of an alien shaking your hand. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stop touching me. I'm trying to read. <laughs> when a team of Russian astronomers reported in 2015 that a telescope in the Caucasus uh, region had intercepted a mysterious signal from a distant star, talk of extraterrestrials was not far behind. As some asked, 
Was this proof aliens were trying to contact us? Dun dun dun. Well, what don't they just do what they normally do? Yeah. Just, you know. Anywho, the answer came soon enough. Follow-up observations from other telescopes failed to confirm the signal, and researchers came to the conclusion that the source of the signal was far closer to home. Maybe the, the aliens could have hacked it. Wow, well, you never know, do you? No. The chances are it came from a passing plane, or a person on a citizen's band radio, or was down to a glitch in the telescope's electronics. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. It isn't aliens hacking. Because you think we lose time. Remember, the X-Files... Yeah, but this is about signals as well. Yeah. I mean, I... The exact same place where they came to, didn't yeah. they? They lost time and their car broke down. Oh, are we talking about abduction? No. No, where they slowed down. I with you, yeah. But this one is all to do with signals. You know, like, I've just done the story on the FRBs. Oh, yeah. Seven, five, seven, 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 three, two, two, four. Anywho. Yeah. Again, this is this is something else that they're, they're intercepting, another, another possible signal. Weird. So, it weren't the first time that public excitement had been whipped up by signals that turned out to be proof of something far less exciting than an advanced extraterrestrial civilization, And in expectation that more full signals will come, scientists have now created their own Richter-like scale to explain whether a finding is a damp squib or is truly seismic implications. The new scale allows scientists to rate interesting signals detected in searches for extraterrestrial intelligence from 0 to 10, where 0 is nothing to get excited about and 10 is the equivalent of an alien space probe orbiting the Earth or an alien shaking your hand, said Duncan Forgan, who works at the project at the University of St Andrews Centre for Exoplanet Science. There are many alternative explanations that need to be considered when evaluating a potential extraterrestrial signal. There could be a problem with your telescope or a radio frequency coming uh, from something on Earth, Forgan said. You might think you found an alien, but actually you found a taxi rank. Taxi rank? Of course, because they use radio waves as well, don't they? Me, me, come on, how are But a lot of it nowadays is totally different because, you know, like the old CBs that you, like we've got for when we go out hiking oh, yeah. and stuff like that, you've got those CBs. They're like old school, whereas now a lot of people use like the digital like DAB, you yeah. know, we've got like the DAB radio, which is like internet radio downstairs, oh, yeah, haven't yeah, we? Yeah. Well, a lot of pe people now, like police and stuff like that, use yeah. the digital ones. Because so, I always see while they're on chase, I see these microphones and they go into their ears or and then they listen to it and they talk into it. And I'm going, What, what are they using? I know. So maybe maybe we're kind of trying to interact in the wrong way, or mm. I don't know. So known as the Rio uh, 2.0, the scale is uh, proposed. It, sorry, is an, a, a proposed upgrade of the existing Rio scale that is already used by the alien hunting community. It assigns scores uh, to SETI, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, 
signals by taking into account both the potential implications of the signal and the likelihood that it is genuine, rather than down to a natural human-made phenomena. We're talking about extraordinary claims here, and so you need extraordinary evidence to go with them, Forgan said. Ideally, this means multiple observations from multiple instruments, as well as from different research teams using the same instruments. Under the proposal, scientists could issue their own Rio scale number for any interesting signals they detect, but so could fellow academics who review their work for publication. The rating system is also being made available to the public. It's clear from the citizen science projects that the general public are able to complete similar classification tasks with relatively low amounts of training, the scientists write in the International Journal of Astrobiology. Now, there are an estimated 400 billion stars in the Milky Way. Well, that's obviously true. Actually... I know, but we can't even comprehend how big that is. That is, like, massive. No, but pretty much every year, another thousand joins us, and then another thousand, then another thousand, until there's going to be just stars. And then you just get you get ones that die as well. That's what I was about to go into. So, basically, it's like, it's like life, isn't it? The circle of life. All them stars, right, yeah. represent a person or... You know, like one of your pets, and I ain't going to get into that. Oh, I'm with you. Like, yeah. we've got Grandad Star. Yeah. We've got Safi Star. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Safi. No, of course not. But, obviously, for the listeners, I've got to let them know that Safi was our, our beautiful, beloved dog, weren't she? And we yeah. loved her very, very much. But she's a star now. <laughs> and we like looking at her a lot, don't we? Well, well, we did say, when you're old, you are going to be a star. Exactly. So, there are an estimated 400 billion stars in the Milky Way, and evidence shows that most have planets circling them. Yep, that's true. But with so many stars being observed, there is a constant risk of technical glitches or spurious signals masquerading as potential alien transmissions. In one of the most recent false alarms, the periodic dimming of a star led to speculation that an advanced extraterrestrial civilization had built an alien megastructure around their star to harvest all of its energy. Wow. I know, right? Thousands of headlines and closer observation later, the real cause turned out to be dust. Ooh, dust. Just dust. Hardcore dust. dust. That's what you are. You're my little stardust. That's your name, isn't it? If you haven't watched Star Wars, it's just... Rogue One and um, Jack Jin's isn't it Jin? Yeah. Jin's dad always used to call her Stardust. That's right, and I call you Stardust. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so Jill Tata, um, a co-founder of the SETI Institute in Mountain View, California, which is in America, and author of the uh, paper, said the new scale could be used. Sorry, sorting out my headphones. Something, something, something happened on the volume. What's going on there? Um, and the author of the paper said the new scale could be used like the Richter scale, which describes the severity of earthquakes. A signal is scored immediately and then continuously updated as new data arrives. More credibility will be given to discoveries with multiple independent Rio scores. 
Tata, who was the inspiration for the alien-seeking Ellie Arroway in Carl Sagan's novel Contact and the subsequent movie with Jodie Foster spotted potential extraterrestrial signals three times in her career, but each time found mundane explanations for them. The group of astronomers behind Rio 2.0 say it could be tested on fictional scenarios such as the one in the film, as well as the historical false alarms, such as the famous wow signal. Wow. I'll, I'll get into that because you don't know that one, but it was a signal that received uh, back, I think it was in the 70s, and it lasted like 11 seconds. Do you just like put your hand up and go, wow? No, it's a bit more deeper than that, but we'll go into that another time. Andrew Simeon, another co-author and director at the SETI Research Center at the University of California, Berkeley, added, We absolutely encourage wide assessment of the Rio scale for any purported discovery, particularly by independent scientists. It is critical in any scientific process to have independent review of methods and interpretation. The new Rio scale has been submitted to the International Academy of Astronautics Permanent Committee on SETI for official ratification. So they're they're trying to get it out there, trying to make it a done deal. You know, it's in the post. Wow. It's in <laughs> the post. Um. So can I go and post a letter now? And it's like, pretty go much and like post that. Post it to the aliens. Hey, aliens! I- I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you um a letter. Um. I don't think they heard me. They won't hear you, and it'll probably take about 36,000 years to get there. Okay, right, I will not be posting a letter. It's like, it's like Elon Musk, when he sent that... Um, Tesla. That's right, yeah. So, when he sent that up there, they probably thought, that's it, and the end of it. And I would hate to be at Tesla in a few years' time when some order comes in for a Tesla Roadster manual, but the package is like, they've got to send it to Jupiter. Oh, the car's no. landed on Jupiter and you've got some little Martian driving around in Elon <laughs> Musk's Tesla car and it's broken down. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They've taken Spaceman Steve out and he's a passenger or whatever now. <laughs> yeah. Now, when we joined the family nearly a year ago there was someone that welcomed us and we had an instant connection with we spent a while thinking it was a guy until i heard them on dave scott's uh, spaced out radio and it became abundantly clear he was a woman (gasps) oh my gosh i know i felt awful i really really did in like correspondence and everything i was like hey brother hey man and then suddenly that comes up. I know, right? Oh. And I felt totally awful. Why didn't he even say anything? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they thought it was just, just me. I don't know. But anyway, since then, we've stayed very, very, very close friends, and we've always appreciated each other's work. Now, we're also planning on joining forces and hitting the UK's biggest UFO conference next year, and it's called Awakening, and it's going to be in Manchester. I want to introduce you to some very dear friends of ours, and that is Disclosure Team Liverpool. They decided to create Disclosure Team Liverpool on social media after an um, after amazing sightings back in 2015. 
it took them two frustrating years to realize that the most best way to reach others who had similar experiences they started their social media accounts on instagram twitter and even started a blog in may 2017 since then they've joined youtube in april 2018 their six member team is now up to 12 they're located in britain america holland and singapore the professions of the team vary from artist to scientist to published author and also surgical md now i have been assured that the surgical md is not dr stephen greer the team's next step is to further develop their YouTube channel in cooperation with the uh, Americans in the group. This will be all uh, phenomenology via Skype between Britain, Philadelphia and California. I was asked to quote, big shout out to our American members whom none of this would be happening. We are helping each other along the way. Their input and ideas are invaluable to what we're going to achieve. Our strengths lie in different areas, and that's very cool. So, big shout out to uh, the American members of our friends at Disclosure Team. There is also a further plan to write. The goal they want to work towards is awakening the masses one by one. This will be achieved by showing that a higher level of consciousness can be reached and that we can once and for all attain global peace through the wish to help each other. Sorry, I've got Mika being annoying. Mm, sorry. They also want to seize high-level government secrecy, lies and corruption. By achieving this, we will then be accepted by our galactic family. They say yes to every challenge given um, to get the message out. Like knocking on a door, we will keep knocking louder and louder until someone opens the door. You can find them on Twitter at Disclosure T Live, spelled capital D I S C L O S U R E, capital T, capital L I V. Or you can find their blog at Disclosure Team Liverpool, all as one word, lowercase, dot blogspot dot co dot uk. Now, they are very approachable and available for interviews as well. And it's been great seeing our friends grow from strength to strength. And we genuinely wish them all the best. And we love them loads. And we can't wait to get together with them at Awakening next year, can we? No, we just can't wait anymore. You're quite excited about meeting them, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. So, have you got anything else that you'd like to add to the show before we close out? No, not really. Oh, I think that solved everything. Yeah, because we can't talk about the secret yet. No, 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 no. Can we? I've only told Dougie. He, he didn't answer. Again, he's stubborn. Again, <laughs> he's another one I've been asking since the day we got him. He's a good boy and he still won't talk. Exactly. They only bark. So, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this evening's show. And it has been brought to you in association with PMG Goods, cosmic clothing for our community, by a member of our community. So, there's nothing else left for me to do apart from say goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Look forward to speaking to you on the next episode of Fascination, Fascination Street. Street. Bye. Bye.